Hello and welcome to AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. I'm your host, John S. In today's episode, we'll speak with Steve Kay, author of 12-Step Philosophy of Alcoholics Anonymous, an interpretation by Steve Kay. Steve, how you doing? Welcome to AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. Hi, John. It's great to speak to you once. Yes, it's very nice. After uh, corresponding with you on Facebook and email uh, all this all this time for, I think a couple of years now. Well, finally... since you started the uh, AB on Belief, really. Yeah, <laughs> September 2015. It was hard to believe. <laughs> so we're here to talk about your book, uh, the Twelve Step Philosophy of Alcoholics Anonymous, and an interpretation uh, by Steve K. And is this something that something you've been working on for a long time? And and as you were working on it, were you actually developing your philosophy as you were writing it, or can you kind of go into a little bit about what what happened to lead up to writing the book? I think really it was uh, it's, yeah, it has been a sort of develop developing process really, and part of my own learning, I suppose, in that I went through a difficult period. Uh, as a member of AA in terms of struggling with, um, you know, the religious language really. And, you know, the religious, religious ideas or what I, you know, sort of really saw as Christian ideas. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I went through a really bad period with that and sort of was on the verge of leaving AA. And, uh, I came across a book, um, by Ernest Kurtz, not God, History of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, um, you know, that really, uh, educated me, I suppose, in, in sort of terms of, um, the, the, the sort of influence in terms of the influences upon AA philosophy, uh, not just being religious, you know, there's, there's a lot of secular sort of influences, sort of enlightenment ideas, really, as opposed to principles that uh, American sort of society is based upon that influence that fellowship as well, you know, and, um, it sort of, changed my viewpoint a bit you know sort of and you know he confirmed his book confirmed the christian sort of influence on aa but say it really opened me up to all these liberal principles and helped me accept that you know i could be authentic in terms of my own beliefs and still be a genuine sort of valid member of aa so and and so that was a start really of me um sort of you know, doing a lot of thinking around sort of my place in AA and sort of um, the ideas in AA. And, and what I did, I, then I, um, sort of because of that book really, made me sort of uh, reassess the sort of program. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I did some, went over some of my step work, etc. And, you know, I made a renewed effort in terms of AA and started going to a lot more meetings because I was hardly going to any meetings at the time. Um, and really, you know, to try to develop a more positive attitude towards um, attending meetings and taking part, participating in meetings. Uh, and then at the, so that lasted about a year. And at the end of that year, I decided I'd, I'd done a lot of reading, uh, you know, that followed on from uh, reading Ernie Kurtz and decided to sort of, um, I suppose, to help consolidate my learning to write an essay, um, you know, on my interpretation of the steps. So it started with just one essay, um, and that's all he intended doing. I didn't know, you know, I thought I'd write a couple of thousand words or something, and that turned into quite a lengthy sort of essay, um, more like seven or eight thousand words. And then um, I just carried on from there, really, and sort of when I get ideas, I'd write write about them. And then I came across sites like Agnostica, 
you know, and there is some other sites in this country that are a bit of a sort of similar sort of theme, if you like. But agnostic really had a quite, a, you know, a, a sort of profound effect on me, really, in that, again, it sort of helped me accept me and uh, my views within AA and realise that, you know, they were okay. You know, uh, I thought I got a new sponsor that was really, you know, sort of um, accepting of my views, uh, and that helped a lot as well. So, yeah, so I don't know if that answers your question or not. Yeah, I thought that was interesting as I read that, that it was Ernest Kurtz that really influenced you and mm. that you recognized, oh, something, you know, the liberal principles behind AA beyond just the, the religious aspect. And, you know, mm. as, as I read through your, um, your interpretation of the steps, um, in my opinion, it's something that anybody could be comfortable with, regardless of your belief system. It's, it's, you're taking a non-theistic, um, approach, I suppose. Mm. But if you have a belief in God, I think that this is, these are perfectly compatible as well. So, um, your book is really broken down into, into uh, three parts, really. You're, you're looking mm. at the steps, you're looking at the practice of virtue, and then there's some additional essays. And let's go into a little bit about that first part. And and there's a lot of information to cover here, so I'm not sure how we'll go through it. But let's let's kind of can you give us like, like a brief overview, I guess, of how you interpret the steps and how and how you experience them. That's a difficult task, but do you think you could give mm. that a try? Well, I suppose you know the the the. the because my book starts off really with my sort of recovery story, which mm-hmm. I added later. You know that came later, really, sort mm-hmm. of. Um, but the the first essay that I wrote was you know starting from step one, and um, you know I think the first part is quite a traditional take um, on the steps, really. Mm-hmm. Apart from I, you know, open it up to uh, a, a sort of, if you like, a, a more liberal interpretation, or try and be inclusive, really. But it is, a, I open it up, I admit, you know, sort of where I, you know, my sort of position, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, open it up to, you know, a, a broader sort of humanism, you know, slash spirituality, but like broad spirituality. I open it up to that, really, and try and, you know, make it inclusive. Like you said, really, it's quite it's sort of um, almost neutral in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, if you... Uh, I think if you were AA mainstream, you wouldn't have a problem with this book. In fact, I've got friends that are AMIs that have read it, and they think it's really good, you know, sort of thing. They're, they, it doesn't challenge their beliefs or anything, you know. But, you know, it, it sort of... I think it's helpful, and I've helped, I have helped people with some of the work in here uh, that, are, that are quite uh, sort of strong atheists uh, that I've come across in AA, and I've sort of helped them, uh, if you like, sort of open their mind to a more natural understanding of spirituality um, yeah. in terms of principles rather than some supernatural being, you know. So, And that's really uh, what I began to see when, through reading Ernie Kurtz. And then uh, at the same time, I was studying uh, moral philosophy a bit, you know, and so I was looking at the work of Aristotle mm-hmm. uh, and the Stoic philosophers, you know, and then, you know, sort of, I suppose, wanted to sort of get me around the history of ideas, really, and sort of, you know, some of the ideas we've got in modern psychology to see where they came from and that they sort of, uh, you know, chase that back to, um, you know, ancient sort of Greek philosophy and the sort of Stoics and, and, you know, a lot of modern Western ideas as well uh, are just are born of the Enlightenment period, you know. And I suppose reading around that sort of stuff, I began to see the principles, how that was really, you know, uh, I could have sort of apply that to the AA programme, you know, and uh, the principles within, inherent within the AA programme. So, yeah, I mean, they, they started off with just a, 
uh, say a traditional sort of take and then I've got a background in sort of counselling so I've studied sort of you know psych sort of therapy and uh, psychology quite a bit in the past and um, you know I wanted to include you know try and comment in relation to those theories as well in terms of the steps so I do touch on you know, like person-centred theory and uh, cognitive behavioural therapy I try and refer to them as sort of just as in passing really I don't go into it in detail or anything but in passing in say like six and seven I mentioned person-centred theory and step four I mentioned uh, CBT mm-hmm. and stuff like that and uh, some of the humanistic principles within person-centred uh, like self-actualising tendency and stuff like that I've tried to bring that in a little, little bit and refer to stuff like that that people because they're more familiar with you know a lot of people are more familiar with that sort of psychological ideas aren't they um, yeah. sort of thing so it's sort of try and make it accessible that way really so yeah it was just to try and make it a bit more accessible mm-hmm. uh, in, sort of inclusive um, for people that didn't you know go with the, the sort of strong sort of religious sort of theme that's in the, the basic literature sure yeah. and even so just having the modern language too it's nice for uh, perhaps a newcomer mm. who might want to have a yeah. good understanding of the steps it's kind of nice to have uh, something like this to read through in, in today's vernacular but um do you want to talk a little bit about i don't know you, you you mentioned in your book that you know you don't think that it's very difficult for you know uh somebody that's a non-believer to um, mm. with a little imagination to to mm. practice these steps and I, I don't think so either in fact i kind of found it when, when i first kind of came to the conclusion that that i don't hold a belief in a god i um you know i thought one of the first things i did was take a look at these steps and and um i didn't find it too difficult because i could really see the underlying principles and actions behind them i suppose the one that people get hung up on a lot if they don't use their imagination is step three you want to talk mm. about that a little bit how you would approach step three i suppose really with all them it's sort of applying principles rather than um you know like say this idea of a, a, a you know in terms of a higher power right um i'm, I'm just sort of thinking about particularly at that stage because i say you know me a little bit and sort of my my sort of openness to spirituality has grown mm-hmm. a bit mm-hmm. um over the last few years and really, it's because of I've sort of, because I've become comfortable, if you like, with my own humanistic ideas and, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of position in AA. Mm-hmm. I've been more open about that. I've explored it more, mm-hmm. and because I've not been, I suppose that's taken away defensiveness around the more religious ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I used to be quite hostile, and I found that because I accepted myself you know, within AA, and my ideas were okay. Uh, it, it made me just less less sort of hostile and less defensive around other people's beliefs and the sort right. of maybe I've, I've, been, I've, I've been willing to listen more to that or explore those ideas as well. Not that I've, you know, changed me sort of thinking that I believe in the traditional idea of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I've always, I suppose, uh, I think... If you go into, like the, the second part of the book, and you go into virtue and the practice of virtue, you know, if you sort of go into those ideas, um, you know, it sort of opens you up to, I feel, spirituality uh, in a broad way. You know, yeah. you can sort of link it to, you know, um, a sort of, I don't know, broader openness to the mystery of the universe, if you like, you know, sort of thing. So, uh, I think I'm saying I'm struggling a bit with the... the as opposed to I'm trying yeah. like when I wrote that the the essay, this first part, it was a good few years ago, you know, sort of thing. So I'm trying to just refresh my memory of where I was at at the time. Sure. Um Yeah, I yeah. mean that's that's a that's a thing. The these this is kind of a process for all of us and mm. but you know, I know for me, um 
you know, I, I guess I focus on on the the decision to go to go to change and to go through the to practice these principles um, as best mm-hmm. as I can, as I understand them at the time, which is always an evolving understanding. Um, one thing I, I, I learned, I learned a few things from reading your book, too, because I, I have not read a lot of really hardly any of um, the Stoics or of Aristotle mm-hmm. and so forth. And there was something you wrote there, I think, in the virtue section where you you wrote about Aristotle. And I think, was it that the practicing virtue is finding the mean between the extremes? Mm. Is that what you were... Am I getting that right? Yeah, no, that's a a sort of, um, uh, I don't know, uh, definition, really. Mm -hmm. It is, you know, one of the definitions used in in his theories. Yeah, it's sort of the the average, isn't it, really, between... So I give examples of courage as a point between cowardice and foolhardy, or Mm -hmm. humility as a between prideful and low self-esteem, or, you know, being right-sized. Yeah, I mean, I just picked that up from reading, you know, reading a bit about his theory, really. Uh, But what I got from it was more it's more it's quite simple it's very uh, the you know the different there's like three main approaches to moral psychology and this was the sort of simplest really and the most the one that i sort of i don't know found it was into practicing myself and i saw within the steps you know mm-hmm. sort of thing but it was about if you practice virtue you become virtuous you know so if you want you know we're encouraged aren't we to just sort of practice honesty and you know humility as part of a, a 12-step program so i uh, but his sort of thing was if you practice those things to become part of your character you know right. actually be sort of change i suppose or develop who you are if you like and and that you know if you develop your character in a virtuous way that will help you rather than go from any sort of place of reason or you know outcome mm-hmm. as the other two approaches do um mm-hmm. you just your inner sort of character your intuition if you like will make you make the right moral decisions i think that's what he's saying there that if you're a virtuous person you will make the right moral decisions yeah and i i, I think <clears> that's kind of been my experience without even knowing it and even mm-hmm. in as i was going to meetings traditional meetings i would hear people talk about you know trying to find that middle ground and you know humility is something that um for whatever reason the group that i went to and maybe this is aa overall really um d- talked a lot about humility and i'm not sure you know i think i i think that i go go with what what you wrote that it's between pridefulness and low self-esteem. So it's like, it's, they say in AA, being right-sized, having mm. a realistic view of yourself. It's, it's a challenge. I think, I think I'm better now. I, when I was really young um, in the program, in young period, um, I, I did struggle with self-esteem issues. Um, like you, I had a background where um, there was some instability in my household or some, you know, not really knowing what to expect. Um, and um, so I think I had a hard time with when I started getting better or I started having some success in life. Um, if I would talk about that, I would sometimes think that I was engaging in that self-centeredness that I'm trying to um, tamper and not practicing humility. But that's really not the case, you know, I, and, and I think that a lot of people still kind of misunderstand that concept a little bit of humility. Yeah. Well, I say, well, it's quite often associated with either, you know, humiliation, don't they? Yeah. Uh, you know, and sort of see it as a sort of putting them down almost, you know, sort of putting themselves down. Uh, yeah. So you can, you know, they can, you know, sort of uh, struggle with, you know, that way. Or, 
you know, which may be against a healthy sense of pride. I think it's okay to have a healthy sense of pride in, you know, sort of in, you know, who you are, what what your sort of achievements are to sort of have healthy self-esteem. You know, not you're not sort of um, conceited, you know, yeah. or anything like that. It's just a, a healthy sense of who you are. Good self-esteem, that's a healthy thing, you know. So yeah. it's trying to find that middle. I know me, I had sort of barriers, or my still is a barrier to, to humility for me, is low self-esteem, you know. Mm-hmm. It's something I, I really struggle with. Uh, despite, you know, sort of intellectually maybe knowing better, um, mm-hmm. you know, from an emotional level, uh, you know, I can get, you know, triggered into low self-esteem very easily. And, yeah. Um, sort of anxious, you know, because of it sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I uh, do some work for uh, an addiction treatment organisation <clears throat> and uh, it's people in fairly early recovery, um, sort of, uh, you know, within the first year, most of them sort of think of recovery. Um, but they are, you know, they're quite committed. They're all people that are committed, you know, they have stopped drinking, etc. Um, and, you know, the low self-esteem in those groups, you know, is something I really try and work on with people, you know, trying to build in that group, I really try and build the self-esteem. Um, you know, you see, it's just, I just see it as a common denominator um, within people in recovery, really. You come across, you know, you come across, you know, the odd person that doesn't seem to have an issue with it much, but most, you know, are pretty insecure, really. Yeah, that I find in in the rooms, you know. So um, I don't think it's any, I don't think it'd be any different over there, you know. Really, but I mean, just thinking as well, going back to it, just sort of came to me really. That's what I suppose I didn't really uh, answer your question around three, around step three. And you know, I, I know at that time what I was really trying to, uh, how I was trying to sort of uh, go with with step three, and maybe explain it to other people that I came across that did have a, a problem with, a, um, you know, surrendering themselves to this a supernatural power was you know treating the rooms as you know the, the fellowship and the program as a power greater because mm-hmm. i could see that the principles within the program and you know the sort of the the if you like the love and sort of spirit of humanity within the fellowship were a power greater than me and if i you know gave myself to the fellowship and the program the principles within the program they were capable of bringing around in a change within me you mm-hmm. know uh, for the better mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing so yeah I, I was very much with that and I still go with that to a large degree now you know say I've opened it up a little bit in mm-hmm. terms of spiritual ideas a little bit or you know principles but yeah I very much went with that and you know I've helped people sort of access if you like uh, mm-hmm. that step through through those ideas really and I go into it in, in my sort of um, interpretation of step three I do say about you know it depends you know sort of how, how is step three applied as I said it depends on your understanding of a power greater and you know based on the fellowship of AA and the 12 step program of recovery as a power greater I would suggest the following and then I just got to talk about being fully you know participating mm-hmm. with the fellowship and the program and you know I think if you do that it, you know it, it, it does what it says on the tin really it helps you stay sober and you know you tend to sort of you know lead a better way of life really yeah. uh, depending on what you've been like before but I know me I definitely needed to, to change I mean people some you know I've heard it sort of you know got into debates if you like or discussion on your side with people that are, they don't like to, to sort of focus on morality too much do they you know but right. I know for me with my background it was some of my sort of thinking and behaviour wasn't very healthy you know and it did want it did need to change in a, in a, in a healthy moral direction you know sort of thing and I don't think there's anything wrong with morality I don't see it as tied to religion or anything like that you know yeah I don't either um, human 
values, isn't it? Really decent human values. Right. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, for me, I kind of look at it as building character, and I don't care who mm. you are. If you're, you know, you know, <laughs> everybody could build character. Yeah. You know. It'll I mean, it's a constant lifelong thing. Yeah. So that hopefully that answers you. you, you, you. You know, your question on on step three, sort of, yeah, you know, go with that. Really, I did think anybody who struggles with that concept of something, you know, external sort of authority, sort yeah. of outside of themselves, to sort of go with that. Really, yeah. And see, we have the freedom as individuals to interpret interpret the steps. You don't have to, you know, mm. take take everything so so literally and strictly. And mm. um, even the program, I mean, the people in the program were telling me early on that, you know, I could use whatever conception of a higher power I so choose um, or not, you know. Um, and for me, and I think for everybody, to a certain degree, everybody kind of relies on their fellows and the, who they meet in the in the program. And mm. and some people find an external force as well, which is perfectly fine. And I'm, mm. I'm I'm actually coming to respect that more and more, doing a little bit of reading about um, Native American culture. I'm gaining mm. a little bit more appreciation for um, the cultures where this sense of spirituality is really deeply ingrained. And I would never want to rob somebody of that. Um, mm. It's a it's it's an important thing for um, building community. And when that's robbed from a culture, it can be a devastating thing. Um, mm. And that's kind of happened um from what you know, from what I'm reading right now, um, in the Native American uh, culture, they were, you know, their way of life was disrupted, and they, um, their spiritual uh, practices that they that for centuries that they had practiced were kind of broken, um, and uh, it's just caused a lot of problems. So yeah, it's kind of giving me it's giving me some thought to respect, have a little bit more respect for people who do have you know views that I might I might think of as supernatural, but to at least respect those people and understand that there's some value and importance to that. Yeah, and, you know, you can't sort of complain, you know, because I know you've struggled with the sort of fundamentalist sort of uh, yeah. element within within the fellowship, and I have in the past as well. And, yeah. uh, you know, the problem with that is is when you come across intolerance of your, you know, uh, your beliefs, your, you know, sort of uh, agnostic or atheist beliefs, and, and you, you know, they're telling you not doing it properly and mm-hmm. you should leave the fellowship and stuff like that, you know, and I've heard that sort of thing said to, yeah. to people who've expressed those, you know, you know, secular views. Uh, and, you know, you can't complain about them being intolerant and judgmental, etc., uh, you know, and then sort of do it yourself where they're concerned, really. And I know, and I've noticed that when I went through that difficult period and I used to undermine, I used to sort of rebel against the, the religious sort of language. Right. Um, and, you know, I did used to undermine people. I'm quite a strong character. I used to underline, you know, undermine people's shares and stuff like that and tell them they were talking rubbish and stuff, you know. And uh, I got a lot of, you know, sort of bad reactions through being like that and a lot of uh, rejection, you know. And no wonder when I think back of it, you know, when I think back on it, really. And I found that once I accepted myself, I didn't need to be undermining anybody else. I could, you know, I didn't need to be defensive. And I found that I stopped getting, people were okay with my beliefs, you know. Sure. Uh, and again, I don't know how, what, what it's, mainstream AA over here is pretty liberal and tolerant and anything goes, really, you know, mm-hmm. that people don't have a problem with atheists. And agnostics and AA, the, the meeting at my home group, you know, there's quite a few agnostics and atheists, well, particularly, you know, quite sort of militant atheists, one of them is particularly, you know, and he's really popular in the group, no one has a problem with him, you know, and, um, you know, he's a very, he's a, well, it's a, it's a Bob standard traditional AA meeting over here. Um, so, yeah, and just reflecting 
I had a, I've been, I had a bit of a read of Ernie Kurtz's book the other day, just to sort of, um, you know, I don't know, familiarise myself with a part two, two of it in particular, around the liberal principles. And, and what I saw through through reading that, it really, I, I saw that. I mean, he says in in that part two that AA is is a very American fellowship, mm. you know, and he, sort of he goes on then in terms of you know, the influences uh, upon the fellowship. And, you know, what I saw was, I mean, you know, what, what it really got me doing as well when I read that book was start studying the traditions, you know, the, the sort of principles that fellowship's based upon. Mm-hmm. And I could see, I don't know much about American society, but I know that it's built on liberal principles and, you know, enlightenment principles, principles right. that came, that were born of the enlightenment, you know, like autonomy, democracy, you know, equality, uh, freedom of the, you know, freedom of the individual, freedom of speech, right. etc. Um, and yet, but the welfare of the whole as well, you know, and, and tolerance is, is a massive liberal principle, yes. you know, so th- I can see out there just throughout, they're embedded throughout the traditions those principles are. Right. So if we're all following those, we shouldn't have a problem with diversity. You know, within the fellowship, we should be accepting of, of difference. And that's how it should be. Yeah. But we're not perfect, are we? And people aren't perfect to get, you know, sort of brainwashed into their sort of uh, ideas, if you like, and, and they become dogmatic and then start, you know, being judgmental and intolerant of people that don't think like they do, you know. But yeah. um, luckily, the group I go to it is quite a tolerant group and, people, you know, the, the sure. traditions are sort of followed etc so it's a healthy group you know and i think sure. if you go to a healthy group I, I don't you know i don't feel the need to go to an agnostic group mm-hmm. because i'm accepted where i go right. and i do like you know some of the the sort of if you like the more religious people you know some of the the values and that they've got i share with them you know mm-hmm. i don't share the content if you like of the some of the doctrines they follow sure. if you like but uh, a lot of the values and how i see them behave you know yeah i'm, I'm sort of uh, i'm all right with that i'm sort of inspiring some of them are you know yeah yeah i yeah i have no problem actually either with just the traditional you know approach to aa when i because for me i again i'm always looking at the underlying actions the behaviors the principles mm. and not not so much the beliefs i can respect someone's beliefs but i for me uh, that's the least important part mm. other than maybe perhaps a belief that that there's hope you know that this could work that if i do mm. these things and follow these suggestions i perhaps might change i might improve it might be easier for me to stay sober um so yeah in that in that sense you know belief is helpful but um I don't. I try not to get too hung up in debating with people about what they do or don't believe. And besides, really, in AA, all we're doing is sharing our experience, and that experience is based upon where we've been and where we are. And we're and we're constantly changing, and we're constantly getting new information and learning and evolving and growing. So, you know, what I'm what I believe today, my approach and how I share in meetings could very well change. You know, five years from now, or two years from now, or a month from now. So. The weak part for me with, um, with this whole, uh, with, with the steps now, I don't practice, um, meditation and I did at one time, but you did mm. talk about prayer and meditation and mm. that you have no problem with that as for a non-believer to, to, to do this. And, and I like the way that you're looking at prayer as sort of like a reflection. Um, you want to kind of talk mm. about that a little bit, how you experience that? Yeah, I mean, I do quote uh, a Buddhist sort of idea of yeah. prayer, don't uh, sort of that really resonated with me when I came across that, and that was in in one of Ernie Kurtz's books as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, I think it's in his, the, the late the last one that he did, the experience in 
spirituality. Yeah, as it was a way, really. And I, I sort of see prayer as a way of reinforcing, if you like, the values and principles I want to live by. So I sort of have almost like a, a bit of a mantra that I say, if you like, mm-hmm. uh, to myself in terms of principles and a lot of, you know, stuff that's included, you know, within the steps. You know, I sort of, you know, it's a way of, uh, I don't know, sort of uh, strengthening those values and principles in me each day, you know. Mm-hmm. So even like, you know, just staying sober, just wanting to stay sober, you know, you sort of reinforce that that goal, if you like, right. every day I do, you know, it's just part of me step one. Uh, but, you know, principles in terms of, the, other principles in terms of the steps, in terms of, you know, again, uh, sort of living the right way, etc. I just sort of reinforce those and it's a way uh, of uh, reflecting on them sometimes and it's almost sometimes I'll do an inventory as part of it as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it is a period of reflection. It's not, I'm not big into sort of Eastern type meditation. Mm-hmm. I do do a bit of it. I do try and be mindful of it and I've quite, you know, sort of quiet my mind and, mm-hmm. and have a period of a few minutes where I'll just try and not, you know, not think. But I'm not great at it, you know, yeah. I get distracted easily, it's hard. And I don't, I'm not motivated. I, I mean, I've practiced, I've, I have practiced it in the past, I've gone through periods where I've yeah. tried to practice meditation, but I always end up giving up and getting out of the routine a bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, in many, it's just, I mean, sort of like to try and make myself quiet my mind, yeah. get myself in the right place, and then I'll sort of say a prayer following that and focusing on principles, really. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I find that works for me, it tends to, 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 I feel, always feel better for doing it. And I feel like I've, I don't know, I've committed to the principles within the program as well. It's a commitment, a daily commitment, really, of, of doing that. Um, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I look at it like that. And, you know, looking at sort of this um, Buddhist prayer, you know, it was sort of, you know, it says, uh, for Buddhist prayer, expresses an aspiration to pull something into one's life. Uh, like a new energy or a purifying influence and share it with all beings but which is likewise prayer inspires our hearts towards wisdom and compassion for others and ourselves See, this is what really sort of resonated with me when I came across that it allows us to turn our hearts and minds to the beneficial rousing our thoughts and actions towards awakening if we believe in something enough it, it will take hold of us in other words believing it, it will become, we will become what we believe you know mm-hmm. so it's almost you can say that's a CBT principle couldn't you really you know mm-hmm. sort of if we you know sort of uh, practice healthy thinking healthy baby you know it becomes sort of you know automatic doesn't it yeah so, uh, it's a bit yeah sort of thinking of it like that prayer really and there's no need to throw out something that works. I mean, I, I, cause I have, I have changed a lot since I've been in the program. But, mm-hmm. um, to be honest with you, I still, I still, um, will find myself from time to time reciting that serenity prayer. And I have no problem with mm-hmm. it because basically what I'm doing, I'm, I, and I might even say the words to myself, but I, 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 there's, I don't have a belief in a deity, but I don't know. For me, it, it helps. Sometimes it helps me get focus mm-hmm. on what, on, on where I'm at, help, just help me calm down and focus on what I need to do. Um, and it helps me. So it's, that's, that, that's, that's something I learned in AA a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And even as an atheist, it's still a tool that I find valuable. And I suppose, you know, that's, that's a form of prayer, really. It's, it's a time where I stop and I recite something to myself and I think about mm-hmm. it. And it helps me focus on whatever I need to be focusing on at that at that moment. I mean, when you think yeah. about when you think about think about that, you know, accepting the things I can't change and changing the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There's a lot of power in, in those concepts. 
Yeah, you know, you can take that. I mean, I've got a, a just, a, sorry, a card with the, the Serenity Prayer on, and I just, when you know, particularly when I was going through that, um, you know, anti sort of God phase, mm-hmm. etc. I crossed that out and put good there, you know, instead. So, you know, this is a bit of relating to good as a, as a something of what I live by in a, a power grace, if you like. So, yeah. but that, I mean, that's classic uh, stoic philosophy, that, that prayer is, you know, it is, it is, yeah, I always say stoic philosophy in a nutshell, you know, uh, that, um, accepting the things you can't change, courage to change the things that you can, and the mm-hmm. wisdom. It, it's just classic stoic philosophy. And I, you know, looked into the, don't know if you have looked into the origins of that prayer. And, uh, you know, it was sort of, uh, I don't know, something to do with the war, wasn't it? First World War, something like that, or Second mm-hmm. World War, some, uh, it was to, Boy, you know, support the troops or something like that. He was in a in a in a uh, he was a paper in a newspaper or something like that. I can't remember right, the I think so. I'm not yes. getting that wrong really. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, it was uh, I forget it. I can't even I can't remember the guy's name who was attributed to. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'd heard that it was uh, or through some reading had done that it was uh, maybe a, like a, an expression of that prayer was in a book called The Consolations of Philosophy by, um, he was a, an early Christian and philosopher called Bothius, and he, he says he wrote a book called The Consolations of Philosophy, but he was basically uh, imprisoned, and while he was awaiting to die, you know, he was, he was going to be hanged or whatever, um, he had this, you know, dialogue or conversation with philosophy, um, and, you know, that prayer apparently was all you know was expressed in that book i think so when i tried to find it i couldn't find it but um apparently it was you know it was sort of, but it definitely goes back to stoic ideas because he was a sort of stoic as well as a as well as an early christian you know but if you even you learn about stoic philosophy i mean like seneca who was well he was a he was a roman but he was a stoic i've got there's a chapter in a book i've got a, a modern book called the consolations of philosophy mm-hmm. written by a, a current philosopher and there's a chapter on seneca and they should copy that chapter and put it in the big book. You know, it's all about acceptance. He's like, you know, that was his thing, acceptance. Uh, but it's a big theme throughout Stoic philosophy, acceptance. So, yeah, and you see that, I could just, you know, uh, just see Stoic philosophy sort of all over it, really. And I just think of it, in, think of it that way. It's just a, a good, good healthy principle, you know. You know, I'm going to have to look into that. Um, there's actually now, you're the third person I've met in AA who has talked about the Stoic, Stoic philosophy. Mm. Um, so Mark C., Jesse, and now you. Jesse mm. gave a, um, this, and we actually, I actually have a recording of it. I should listen to it. But Jesse gave a workshop on Stoic philosophy at the Austin Convention. And mm. then Mark is from Texas. And I did a podcast with him several months ago, I think. And he is really into the Stoics as well. So, um, obviously there's something there that's, that, you know, might be beneficial for me to take a mm. look at. Um, well, you'll recognize in um, a lot of, you know, modern psychology, mm. particularly like cognitive behavioral uh, psychology, a lot of the ideas are in that stem from that stoic philosophy. You can right. just chase them back to that. And they used it as a form of psychotherapy. They, they saw it as a, as a sort of way of life and a way of dealing with life and the problems, you know, free from sort of anxiety and stuff, really. So they did this as, as, as a form of therapy, um, their philosophy, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, it's, there's some really good stuff in stoic philosophy, good principles that you'll just recognize, you will recognize them in sort of, you know, sort of uh, everyday psychology, if you like. Yeah. So 
as we change, as we build character, and as we, you know, find, as we live, practice these virtues, and, you know, kind of find the mean between the extremes, and have some comfort with ourselves, um, it's almost natural, I think, to, for humans anyway, to maybe want to reach out and help others. And, um, and, and I think maybe that's one of the great strengths of AA is that it has always stressed that our sobriety hinges upon helping others. And do you, do you follow that, that view as well, as far as, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about the 12th step is having changed mm-hmm. and, and helping others? How do you view that, Steve? Yeah, so hopefully, like I say, you've, you've internalized by, you know, sort of you've been in AA a while, you know, you've been practicing the program, working through the steps or whatever. And I was saying, hopefully, you know, as we do that, you know, we start to sort of internalize those values and, mm-hmm. um, you know, be, be uh, you know, more outward looking uh, than, than, you know, maybe self-centered, you know, be right. more outward looking and willing to help and, and support other people, you know, that sort of, um, you know, that some principles of love and service, you know, sort of thing. And, you know, we get, start to realize the, the mutuality, you know, um, of helping others, you know, but even doing so, you know, we're helped ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. I always thank, I run this group, uh, for say people in early, early recovery and they always come up to me after and saying thank you, you know, and I say, well, thank you for coming, you know, because you mm-hmm. really helped me. So I think it really, it's really good for my recovery sobriety and growth as a person, you know, doing that group. Um, it's more of an interactive group than, you know, um, um, than an AA meeting, you know, right. sort of thing. A bit of a teaching aspect to it as well. But, you know, I really, I really like it, um, that group, and I get, I get a lot for it, uh, you know, a lot from it, sorry. sorry. And, uh, you know, like I say, that's why I thank them. I thank them at the end of the group, and where they come up to me and say, I always thank them, you know, sort of thing. I think they're doing me more of a favour, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, and, and I know for me that I, I when I... Uh, <clears throat> Like I say, uh, started accepting, sort of went through that difficult period, started accepting my own views more and being comfortable with that and a more humanistic sort of take on, on the program. You know, I started then, um, realizing that I could help other people and, you know, I started sponsoring people, which I'd never really done that before, even though I'd been A quite a long time, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I started sponsoring people and, and I got so much from doing that and, you know, realized that I'd been missing out for a long time really not doing that um and you know i got you know as much if not more than what i gave out you know uh from, from, and, it, and it, it uh it, what he did he sort of helped me really connect with you know the fellowship yeah but, you know but and the principles within the program i really i got them i sort of got them on a deeper level i really yeah. saw i mean some of the stuff that's expressed you know, saying the 12 and 12 and the big book, uh, you know, some of the stuff that's, you know, the benefits of recovery that's expressed in there, um, I didn't really get until I started sponsoring people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it sort of really helped me appreciate recovery a lot more uh, and, and the mutuality of recovery a lot more, you know, that what we do get, you know, I think, you know, what we give to others, we gain in equal measure, you know, we really mm-hmm. do. And that, and that, I felt that for myself now you know so i'm uh, up for doing it as when i can you know as what, what i can do with, with other people really yeah yeah i've i kind of find actually for me i think it's kind of weird i almost feel like um when i say this that 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 i'm <laughs> doing the opposite of what i'm saying but anyway i'm noticing i'm noticing that i'm i'm actually less self-centered that i think of others a little bit more and i find myself you know going to meetings and just appreciating being there with people who are are getting something out of this and who are um, growing and and expressing gratitude and and, and 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 being sober and I don't know it just it 
you know, I think about these people sometimes and, and I think about, you know, when they, when they first get into the room and they're having a really difficult time and I get to see these people get better. And it's a real gift. I consider it a gift to be part of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I try to help. Um, I don't do as much sponsoring anymore. Um, but the, the, when I, as a sponsor, I guess the times when that I, that I'd been most moved by, um, the, the few times I've been able to, um, go through the um, inventory with somebody and listen to their uh, fifth step. Um, you know, I, I loved that experience. The last one that I did, it was just so nice to have him over and we sat down and we had a conversation and these are things that he, it was really important for him to talk about. And all I had to do was listen and, Mm. and, and doing that, I, I just, I, I just was a really beautiful experience. So it's something that, it's something I value. I, you know, I, I like, it's something I wouldn't want to do without. And I think it's an important part of my of my life today. today. Yeah, it's a great service. You're listening to it. You know, there was that, you had an article, didn't you, the other week mm. uh, by Galen on listening recovery. Mm. And I thought it was a great article. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really valuable sort of thing that we can do for the people is just listen to them. You know, just like just, just people, we, we all need to be heard, don't we? Really? That's right. That's right. And that's actually, I think, a, a, a big strength of AA is, ha- is mm. the process of how we share you know, and we're not, yeah, yeah, we don't, and people just need to listen. We don't necessarily need the, you know, opinions or feedback necessarily. We might get that after the meeting, but Mm. yeah, just to, just to have the freedom to talk about whatever you want, what's going on with you and have people Mm. hear you. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. It's, it's hugely beneficial. Mm. It's like they give you that space. You know, when people listen to you, they give you that space, don't they? That sort of for catharsis really but also what well, i don't know about you but i find that through sharing in a meeting um uninterrupted that that i answer me on quite and i think it, i don't know yeah. if i think Mark expressed that in his, in his article but quite often you answer your own sort of problems and questions don't you, you do. i do and i come away thinking i reflect quite often you know i'll share in a meeting and afterwards i'll reflect on what i've said and i really put things together that way yeah you know sort of pennies drop if you like uh when i reflect on what i've shared you know so yeah it's a really therapeutic thing Uh, and you know again some of the people that i sort of help if you like or work with you know some of them struggle to share you know and and uh but i say you know well just you know listening you know being at a meeting and listening to others you're being of service to other alcoholics you know in that you know if people weren't there to listen to me i need you know i'm going to speak i need someone to listen to me you know sort of thing so we need people that that you know listen as well you know that want to speak well i'll be getting my copy of your book from lulu today it's supposed to arrive i'm getting the hard copy but it's now also available on amazon um Mm. is is it in kindle format and also no no not yet uh, um, actually, I always order a hard copy in addition to Kindles because I like to take the books to meetings. Um, mm. There's a book I read recently that I'll, I'll be taking to a meeting um, just to if I see somebody that I think might have some use of it. I like to loan it out. So we've actually read because I had a version of your book in addition um, for quite a while. And we've actually read from your book at our meetings a, few, mm. a number of times. I remember you saying, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah well, as I say, I've just done it as a gone along and updated it really. Yeah, and it's just print on demand, you know, sort of thing. So you can just do that. Um, and like I say, because I've been learning as I go along and added things as I've got, you know, gone along. So yeah, yeah. And you've got your blog too, Twelve Step Philosophy. 
um, mm. which is a wonderful resource. And I remember there was an article like about a year ago. It wasn't like one of the top well, top 20 um, recovery blogs. Yeah, well, it was, I don't know. I just found out that, you know, you can check where you get referrals from. Uh-huh. And it's been the, I'd got one from... Um, What's it called? After Party magazine, is it? Yeah. And uh, I'd got one from there and I checked it out. And they'd, 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 apparently every year, they, they annually, they come up with a list of the top 20 uh-huh. uh, blogs. And I was on that, yeah. Isn't so, that cool? so I get quite a lot. I get quite a lot of referrals from that now. Is it but equal to A Beyond Belief? I get quite a lot from you. Mm-hmm. But I also get quite a lot. Uh, you know, that's more of a general yeah. sort of leadership, isn't it? That mainstream recovery into it. Is. But I get quite a lot of, um, of um, you know, uh, People look at me side from that side, sort of thing. And you also contribute articles frequently to, um, is it Recovery Magazine? In Recovery Magazine, yeah. yeah. In recovery. I've got one coming, out, one coming out on the 1st of July, actually. I don't know if it might be a, a women's issue or something she was saying, but it's the, the, the one that uh, talks about humility. It's called, uh, well, I've changed the time, I think. I changed it. On my site, it's called The Ego and Shame, A Barrier to Humility. Uh, uh-huh. But I think... Uh, she's changing it to the woman who the editor's changing it to something different on there. Uh, it's an edited version what they're putting on there, but uh, I sort of, you know, I've, I've, I've uh, changed that up a bit as well. Uh, I, I think that's a good article. It's worth looking at. Yeah, I, look I know to you've, it. you've 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 looked at an early version of it, haven't you? You know, you got mm-hmm. you got enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I like I like in Recovery Magazine too. Actually, mm. it's it's a pretty good magazine. It's on issue. I'll, I might put a link a link out there. But yeah, no, there's some great, there's some great articles, and there's some really uh, accomplished people that write in that magazine as well. You get a lot of recovery professionals and mm-hmm. uh, people that have achieved quite a lot, you know, sort of in there. And they've got, you know, these sort of really good writers, you know, so in there. So yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I was in. We got published in that quite a lot last year, and I've got a couple of articles this year that they're going to publish as well. So. Yeah. Well, as we conclude, Steve, I'm kind of curious. Where are you? Where are you in the northern part of England? Yeah, it's a. Uh, well, the northwest, yeah, okay. so near Manchester. So I suppose that's a, 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 one of the major cities up north. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm near there, well, about 20 miles south of Manchester, in a place called Macclesfield. Okay. So, yeah, so like I say, Max, and maybe you speak to someone from London, it'd be a bit different, you know, so a uh-huh. bit more. Uh, I don't know. I don't, have, I don't know if you've had problems, if you've had problems understanding me, if you've been okay. I've been doing okay with it. <laughs> so, but, uh, um, and you also, you like to hike? Yeah, I do a lot of walking around here. We've got, I'm really lucky, I live on the edge of uh, the Derbyshire Peak District. Uh-huh. So, sort of got the hills, you know, got a view, one way from looking out my window, there's a really good view of the hills on the edge of the hills at the Derbyshire Peak District. So, yeah, I go out in there and I sometimes go up to the Lake District, which is a couple of hours away. I uh-huh. go up there, walking when I'm up to it, yeah. Just do some mountain walking. So, uh, yeah, we're nice. lucky, it's a really good country. For, for hiking this country yeah it sounds beautiful i i uh it's it's kind of fun um doing these podcasts because i don't i don't really don't get to travel so i kind of in my own mind um as i read read someone's article or get to speak with somebody from someplace else to travel in my own mind and imagine where they are thank you very much for agreeing to speak with me today and to talk about your book um i really i would really highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in 12 steps i i enjoyed it and I think anyone right. would. And the essays in the back, too, are very interesting as well. Mm. And a lot of this information, too, you can find on um, Steve's blog, um, 12-Step Philosophy. 
Can't yeah, I mean a lot of the right, a lot of the writings, uh, you know. But basically, you can find them all on my website. Yeah, they're all on there, really. Sort of, uh, so yeah. But uh, yeah. thanks a lot, um, you know, for giving me the opportunity, John. It's been great to speak to you. Like I say, I've, 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 I feel I know you really because I've listened to your <laughs> podcast and you know I've read a lot of your stuff. I mean, you're a good writer, and um, you know you sort of you. I mean, you say you talk about being of service. I mean, yeah. the work you put into that site, you know, that's a great. Like I say. Your site and Agnostic before it really have really helped me. You know, I've learned a lot through it and, um, you know, through reading the stuff on there and, and different opinions, etc. But, you know, there's some really intelligent articles that you have on to get you thinking, etc. You don't always agree with the views, you know, but that's great, isn't it? You know, it sort of gets you gets you thinking and I'll always you know I'm a bit cheeky sometimes I'll, I'll, I will you know say what I think so I think <laughs> that's cool <laughs> well it's been a pleasure thanks a lot John I've enjoyed it and uh, have a great day hey you too well that's it for another episode of AA Beyond Belief the podcast hope you enjoyed it we'll be back soon enough with another episode for your listening pleasure until then don't drink Go to meetings and help others.